As we know, Advent is a time of preparation for Christmas, right? I mean, we, we've done this before. Just like Lent is a preparatory time for Easter. But Advent is not just a preparation for Christmas. It's actually a preparation, preparation for the two comings of Christ. That's what we are awaiting, the two comings of Christ. So the, the initial couple of weeks of Advent focus on the second coming of Christ. And then as the readings continue throughout the weeks, they begin to focus on uh, the first coming of Christ, right? The, that night in, in Bethlehem. And so for ourselves then, if we're to make use of the spirituality of the season, it's not just a, a focus on the impending celebration of Christmas, but also how are, and more importantly, how are we preparing our hearts and our souls to receive Christ in a greater way? You know, are, are we actually finding, doing things and finding ways to make room for Jesus? I mean, it's hard, right? Because, you know, Black Friday, Amazon is blinking at me all day long. Buy this, buy this, buy Okay, I will. You know, you're in a trance. Sure, I'll buy it. Right? You're going shopping, you're buying presents, you're decorating things, and everything is focused on sort of Christmas. But as Catholics, you know, one of the strange things we do is we don't celebrate the, the actual feast, the solemnity, until it comes. We don't celebrate Christmas till it's Christmas. Now, I understand that, you know, living in society, that can get mixed up a little bit. But if we get too off track, if we get too focused on Christmas too soon, then spiritually we're not actually preparing our hearts the way the Lord would have us and the way the church asks us. The first reading, Prophet Isaiah, he's talking about how, and we've heard these strains from Isaiah before, it's, you know, they're so famous, but how there's going to be peace and there's going to be no more war and all of the rest. Well, we have to understand what was going on at the time. You know, the Israel was surrounded by the Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, and they were all fighting for domination. Israel really was the weakest power among the three. And so they were kind of getting bounced around by all of these other nations. And as we know, another hundred years or so after Isaiah... Right? The Israelites would be taken into the Babylonian captivity. But there's all of this stress going on for Israel. They don't know who to side with. Should they side with the Assyrians? Should they, should they side with you know, the Egyptians against the Babylonians? And if they side with the wrong people and, and the other people become stronger, then they're going to be the enemy which is in fact what happened. And so Isaiah is saying, look, you're, you're living in a time of horrible stress and anxiety, but have peace, take comfort, because God will take care of you. God will bring you back, despite all of the suffering you might endure. And so we, we, we turn to, you know, St. Paul, and he says, basically, don't give in to your, base, your most base desires. You're awaiting Jesus Christ. You're awaiting his second coming. Live as though he is imminent. 
which is in fact what the church teaches about the second coming. That we currently, we now live in the last days. And at any time, Christ could come back. His arrival is imminent, which, of course, we hear him say in the gospel. When I come back, it's going to be sudden. It's going to be sudden. Some of you are going to be, uh, are, are going to survive, and some of you are going to suffer more and be taken. But it's going to be sudden. So, here's a kind of thought experiment, I guess. If Jesus were to meet you tonight, and me, if Jesus were to meet us tonight, how would we feel? Just, just initially, how would, you know, like you go home and you're thinking you're going to just enjoy a, a nice football game. This is me. And there's Jesus. Right? What am I going to say? What am I, what's he going to say? I mean, if, if we met Jesus face to face, what would that feel like? Does it give us dread? Does it give us a sense of foreboding, like, well, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that. Does it make us feel like, well, I have to go through all my excuses as to why I am the way I am? Or is there perhaps, you know, would there be rejoicing and great joy? So the season of Advent gets us to focus on if we were to see Jesus right now, what would that be like? Would we have a lot of explaining to do? Are we living as though Jesus doesn't really exist? Or are we living as though he does? Of course, every one of us has a different answer. But this is the urgency that the Lord wants us to live with every day. That every day could be our last. And we know that's true. Right? We know how life is. It could, in fact, be our last in a number of different ways. Whether Jesus comes back or whether we go to him, it could be our last day. Are we ready? Because if we're not ready, then we have to change. We have to, we have to make some changes. And that's okay. The, the, one of the, uh, you know, kind of the wonderful things about the church is the church gives us seasons to kind of straighten up a little bit. You know, to get, to get back on track, to get focused where we ought to be focused. Advent and Lent are preeminently, you know, we can think of, is to kind of get back on track, you know, regulate our lives better, put our priorities straight. I've said this before, St. Benedict told his monks, keep death before you always, which sounds really morbid, but, you know, it was the 500s, it was pretty morbid. Keep death before you always. Why? Because he wanted them to live with an urgency that today could be their last. And if it was their last, what would they say to the Lord? Now, a few suggestions for you, getting our house in order. I was up, uh, I was up north, you know, the last couple of years before I got here. They just got like 20 inches of snow, so it was a good time not to be up north. But um, I had a garage up north as most people do, and it was a mess. Cobwebs, rat droppings, it was a mess. And, um, 
You know, you might think, well, I got right to it and cleaned it out. No. But after a year, I thought, maybe I should clean out this horrible, horrible infestation of, you know, wild kingdom that's going on in my garage. And so I did. One day, no one else was going to do it. One day, I went out there, scrubbed it down, and cleaned it up, and it looked great. And I felt so good about it. You know how that feels. You know, you just feel good about accomplishing something, especially getting rid of that eyesore. Every time you came in with the truck, there it is. I didn't think cobwebs could get that big, but spiritually, we need to do the same thing. Sometimes we need to clear out the cobwebs. You know, we need to straighten things up. And the best thing we can do for this is confession. It's the best thing. And I've heard all of the excuses. I've, 19 years, I heard all the excuses in my first week as a priest. Because Catholics are great at giving excuses why they don't want to go to confession. I give them too. I get nervous going to confession. I can't go to myself. That would be a lot easier. But confession is such a great moment for us to say those things we know we need to say, but most especially that we're sorry. To bring them before the Lord through the priest and to know that we're forgiven. So what I've uh, scheduled for us for the second, third, and, and fourth weeks of Advent is I have three priests coming from 3.30 to 5 every single Saturday night. That's, let me count, four and a half man hours of confession next Saturday and the two following Saturday nights. I'm taking away your excuse that the line's too long. No, you might have more excuses. I'll bet you do. You know, the, the, the church is going to implode. Father could never hear my sins. They're ho so horrible. It would take me forever. Trust me, if you come to me, it'll be quick. I won't let you go on. Just give me the facts. Let's go. Let's get you that forgiveness. Whatever, you know, I don't want to go through all the excuses, um, but I know they're out there. We, we always have them, you know, because it's hard. Even when we're little, you know, little kids have a hard time saying they're sorry. It doesn't get a whole lot easier as we get older. But I really put this on you, you know, encourage you um, to come early. You know, maybe next Saturday or, or the, one of the other ones. There's going to be lots of opportunity for confession. Do that. Secondly, create some space in your life. Create some space. Uh, you know, turn off the TV. Turn off the, the stereo. Put the device down for a while. And just be at peace. Maybe 15 minutes. Say some prayers. Talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus like you talk to anybody. Just be with the Lord. Tell him how you feel. Tell him if you're mad. Tell him if, if you're joyful. Tell him if you have anxiety or you're fearful. Just talk to him. Take a little bit of time. And then the last suggestion, at least for today, the truth is that we meet Jesus every single time we go to Mass. We meet Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. There's no greater gift that we receive each and every week than the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. We receive him every week. And so use these four weeks of Advent, perhaps, to renew your
your love of Jesus in the Eucharist, your belief that he is in fact truly present. Act like, in fact, it is a truly sacred moment. Renew that relationship you have with Jesus. And then, you know, maybe this Advent will have made a difference. Maybe it'll make Christmas all that much greater. Please stand.